first question to you, uh, Jenna, is as you moved into year two as Reagan, how did you approach it differently from the last season? Um, well, uh, I think that what I wanted with Regan in season two was um, just to be a little more comedy forward. I, I, you know, and I think we all sort of wanted her to, um, to have a lot of jokes and to be a little bit more central, sort of, we want to see the power shift happen um, um, in her character and, and being a little bit more empowered and, and experiencing success and, um, so yeah, I think that uh, generally in season two, we just wanted to be a lot more comedy forward and and, uh, and Regan sort of champions that. Nithya, to you, what attracted you to this role of Feather Day? Honestly, I would have taken any role. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to be on the show, honest. Um, I just, I was, a, I was a super fan of the show and what it was, um, what the show was doing in terms of representation uh, in front of and behind the camera uh, in comedy, which is like why I became an actress. Um, I, I, yeah, I was just a fan and I wanted to be a part of it. I was like, I've been doing this for like almost 20 years. I'm indigenous. I need to be on the show. And then an opportunity came up for the second season and the role was just so fitting. <laughs> Uh, as the villainess, I guess you might say. Um, so when I got it and I got to be, when I, and I got to like kind of build this character um, and I was, you know, kind of told that like, you know, just think of like, she's, she's the conservative Indian. And I'm like, really? Okay, interesting. That was kind of new for me. So that was, but you know, conservative indigenous women exist. So somebody has got to portray them, right? Um, I had, I had an absolutely, you know, thrilling time coming onto set. Everybody was so welcoming. I felt valued for the experience and the and and what I was bringing to the table. And uh, it was just a lot of fun. And it was a really nice experience not being the only Indigenous person on set because I didn't feel like I had to um be the cultural consultant at the same time you know everything there were things that I was like oh awesome I, you know it was all figured out in the writer's room so I got to just like come and do the job that I was hired for and that's it and that was uh really freeing in a way Jenna back to you from a writing perspective what's it like to balance that writing and then also starring at the same time um well in the the first season we we sort of our, our writer's room was cut off halfway by COVID-19. So we started on Zoom and uh, because of COVID-19 also the writer, the writing didn't um, overlap with production as it normally does. Um, so season one, we finished the entire season long before we went back into production. In fact, we didn't even know if we were going to have a production. You know, this was like back in the beginning of COVID where we just didn't even know if there was an industry <laughs> in this time, you know. So uh, season two, my my writing contract was shorter. So I did 12 weeks instead of 22 um, because we knew that like I would have to, because the, the writing and the production overlapped, we knew that I would have to step away and um, but I, I made sure to pop back in when I could and, and join the writing team. They're all my friends. They're my family. And so I, I made sure to like 
you know, I ha I still had a pulse on the room if I could on set zoom in uh, every once in a while and check in. Amazing. I think what I loved the most about your character was the introduction. When you walk in as Federkey, it's like, hello, I'm here. I'm establishing that I am going to be like, you kind of said that villain right away. And you kind of go right at Terry. What was it like working with Michael? <laughs> so much fun. I think my favorite is having like a really great audience and Michael's like a super good, he just makes me feel hilarious. Uh, it's so fun <laughs> making him laugh. And uh, it's really, it, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's easy to make him laugh, but it's, it's really easy like having a back and forth with him. Um, it was, I was also really intimidated because I'm pretty sure that was my first, the first scene that I shot was the, the first scene that I appear was the first scene that I shot. Um, and I, I had butterflies. I mean, we're in this like huge set on, you know, on a lot. I'm, you know, everyone's all like, we're so excited to have you. And then I'm like, fuck, I better not fuck this up. Um, so <laughs> that was partly like, you know, it was intimidating, but so I really had to just like, be like, all right, fuck it's go time, you know? And, um, so that was kind of the energy I think I brought to it. Uh, but working with Michael was an absolute pleasure. And he, like I said, I just love making him laugh. And, you know, I would be like, yes, score. Like after, after a scene or after a take, and he'd be like, you, where have you been? How did we never work with each other? And I was like, because we're always the only Indian on every project. We never get put together. That's why. Um, so yeah, he was an absolute, he's an absolute pleasure. I'm, yeah. Uh, Jenna, back to you. I like the healthy balance of comedy, but also touching on the real issues at the same time. Um, when you are writing it and even playing in front of the camera, how do you balance that out to make sure that you are getting that good mix? Um, well, um, that is sort of the beauty of, uh, of, situational comedy is uh you know you you put characters in real life situations and a lot of the situations that we're putting these characters in are are not that fictional you know these are real experiences of the writers we sit around as native writers you know during for season two you know we're writing this episode about uh or we're trying to you know map out the the season and we're talking about how during COVID-19 we all went back to our homelands or we all went back to our res reservations and um you know I when I went back uh, to my res um last summer I needed to get a tribal ID and I was talking about how it was so hard to like go and renew my tribal ID something that was so basic and so simple and you know I went with my um one of my aunties that lives on the res and and um and I had been calling all day, you know, this, the, the, the tribal office being like, okay, I have all these documents. Like I'm, I'm, I'm going to be there like right before you close. I promise I'll be on time. And, and, you know, she's really giving me a hard time, the lady, the receptionist. And then um, I got there and um, she sees that I'm in the car with my auntie who she knows she's like, oh, and just lets me ride in. Like, I had no idea that like it would take just her to be able to see my aunt and be like, oh, sure. Come on in. Get your <laughs> so stupid um but like that is how it is so like th these are like these are not we're not like drumming up these like magical scenarios these are truly like day-to-day -day situations that we're all in and we're just sort of making fun of them poking fun of them and at the same time illuminating what it's like to you know live indigenously 
Kenitia, to you, back to you. Um, my question to you is, is how important is the representation that this show has to we see it spread out across all of productions? Uh, I mean, it's super important, right? Um, and, you know, for a lot of my career, I've been up in Canada and, you know, at the beginning of my career, I didn't think I would ever get cast as an Indigenous person because I never saw an Indigenous person that looked like me in Indigenous roles on television or film. Um, but slowly I've seen, and I guess I'm part of that change of what, of how people view uh, us that we're not just, you know, that we come in all shapes, sizes and shades. And, um, you know, so I, I, I feel like in Canada, it's definitely changing, it's changed you know, um, partly because they know, the, the industry knows who I am, the country knows, you know, who I am, especially because of shows like Letterkenny. And then in the States, I think it's, there's still a ways to go. I know that I'll get cast in, indig in an, an Indigenous role if there are Indigenous people in, you know, in executive positions and in, you know, uh, like directors or whatever. Um, but if it's in an all non-Indigenous exec room, I'm not going to get cast as an Indigenous person. I know that I accept it. it you know, it definitely things have to change. But I think shows like this uh, at such a high level, you know, um, you know, universal and, 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 and Peacock and, you know, having people like Ed Helms who are, you know, advocating and being allies. Uh, I think that this is a huge step in terms of in, for Hollywood, for the United States, for sure, you know, because like I said, I think it's slowly been happening up here in Canada. I mean, we have a smaller industry, we have a smaller country. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's doing a lot. And I'm, I, I'm not just, I don't just mean by like being light skinned indigenous people. I think it's doing, I think it's doing wonders for all indigenous people and representation. And I hope that, you know, I, I've, I, I was producer on Shorzy, the, the Letterkenny spinoff, and I got to look at all of these casting tapes um, for, for people like under like 30. And I was astounded at how much talent there is out there for indigenous, there's gonna be a lot of competition. Like for me in my age category as an indigenous woman, I have like, you know, I could count on one, maybe two hands who I'm up against. Um, but in terms of uh, but seeing what's coming up behind us, there's a lot of competition. So the more representation that we have and the more stories that are being told, um, the more people will, the more of these younger people will have roles to fill. And so it's really exciting. It's exciting to be, uh, to be a part of this.